This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we've got a nice Tuesday on the way. It's five minutes after five o'clock on April 2nd. Come on in, Farm Director Pam Yonke. Glad to be along with you. Some of you are waking up with some showers already this morning. They should basically taper off about mid-morning. 53 is our expected high for today. Sunshine this afternoon. Overnight lows down to 31. Tomorrow, 55 are expected high. We should start off with partly cloudy skies. Maybe a chance for an afternoon shower on Wednesday. Then Thursday, a little cooler. 47 are expected high. Friday, sunshine back around and 56 degrees. Stu our agri meteorologist, has the weather details in about 15 minutes and also up before 6 o'clock. Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist. Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, slides behind the microphone to give us an update on what's happening in the markets. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, water hemp, ragweed, and mare's tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. You know, these folks don't have capes or superpowers, but they are heroes They are Wisconsin organ donors. I'm Pam Yonke. By becoming a donor, it's not just that you become a hero. It's your legacy. It's the lives you touch. Al Reich from Barneveld lost his wife in 2001. Her organ donations touched more than 50 lives, including a young father in Kentucky. Well, lo and behold, her kidney... A doctor said he'd never seen a match like that. It matched every single way, 100%. And uh, he had three little kids, and my oldest daughter said, you know, you know, she was 40 at the time, so it was tough for her to lose her mother, but it would be really hard knowing that you were only eight years old. Al Wright from Barneveld. You, too, can be a hero and leave a legacy that touches lives. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. Org. You know, as that snow recedes on our farm fields and the water kind of goes down as well, a lot of farmers that are kind of wondering how their hay stands came through the winter. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee, you're at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. It's not just about how many crowns or how many stems are still out there, Bob. It's also about trying to get ahead of some of the nasty weeds that might have inflicted that field uh, last year. Absolutely, and of course, as we get uh, further and further away from so many dairy farms in Wisconsin, we do see that uh, the alfalfa stands are going away, our hay stands going away, and those are good weed control environments. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Dr. Mark Renz was uh, on the circuit with Dr. Rodrigo Worley. They're both weed scientists at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Dr. Renz works uh, in the area of alfalfa and weed control there, and we talked to him about how those alfalfa and hay stands can help us in controlling things like that pigweed and water hemp. But as he said, you got to know what you're looking for and when to look for it. Yeah, they're all in the same family, and they're actually all in the same genus. But what's really interesting is we historically have dealt with red root and smooth pigweed, and now we're really seeing water hemp be much more of a problem than it has been. It's really spreading throughout the state, and we're starting to see a few introductions of palmer amaranth. And those two species are much more competitive than our other pigweeds, and they also have a much higher potential for herbicide resistance, and that's why we're really concerned about those species. Where did they come from, and how widespread is this uh, pigweed getting in Wisconsin? 
Yeah, well, what's interesting is water hemp is actually native to Wisconsin, so it's been here forever, but for some reason in the last decade or so, it's just started to explode, and we can't really explain why. We think herbicide resistance and our over-reliance on herbicides is one of the big reasons, but we really don't know why that's spreading. Palmer is coming up from the south. It's not native to Wisconsin. We think it's coming up as contaminants on our feed supplies, our combines, and other things as well, too. So it's just really interesting to see these new pigweeds taking over and displacing the old pigweeds, which is bad news, unfortunately, for farmers. Why is it bad news? Are they more prolific? Uh, What's the problem with them? Well, yes. So they uh, grow faster than our typical historical pigweeds, which results in more of a yield loss than we typically have. They're harder to manage because they germinate and emerge later into the season than our typical ones. So what that means, if you're going with a post-emergence program to eliminate your your weeds, you might uh, control all the existing weeds, and they may still emerge after that post-emergence and result in some yield loss. And then the big kicker is a lot of these have evolved herbicide resistance. So our tools we're using, like glyphosate, PPO herbicides, no longer are working at all. And so we're having to go to new tools. And in some states, fortunately, we're not here in Wisconsin, none of, essentially none of our herbicides have efficacy. And so we need to turn to non-chemical methods. Are these the type of weeds that uh, male and female in one plant, or how do they, how do they pollinate? Well, you're getting at the root of one of the reasons we think that the herbicide resistant evolves so much more frequently is both water hemp and palmer have separate male and female plants, which allows them to cross their genetic makeup much more efficiently than our other plants. And that's one of the main reasons why we think we get herbicide resistance evolving much faster with these species. For those that don't understand it, the herbicide resistance, what does cause that? Yeah, essentially what's happening is is there's a very small... uh, There are very few individuals in a population that have genes that are tolerant to these products that we use. And it depends upon the herbicide we use, how common those genes are. And if we repeatedly apply one uh, one mechanism to control those weeds, that gene is going to survive, reproduce, and become much and much more common. And so that's been happening over the last decade or so throughout the U.S., And what the big problem is, agriculture is really good at moving things around. And usually that's a good thing, right? Well, in this case, we're moving these herbicide-resistant weed seeds around as contaminants in our equipment and causing them to proliferate and become much more of a problem. That's the short answer. There's a lot longer answer to it. (laughs) What kind of herbicides work? What kind of modes of action work? And how do we use them so we're using them correctly? Rates, timing? Yeah, I mean, so that's a big issue. And so different populations can be resistant to different uh, herbicide modes of action, or uh, we also call that SOA. So the key is, is to apply an effective herbicide with a mode of action that will kill that species. So a great example with water hemp, we have populations of water hemp that are resistant to ALS herbicides like Raptor, but we have some that are susceptible. We have some populations that are resistant to glyphosate. Some are susceptible. We have some that are resistant to PPO inhibitors like Valor, and some are susceptible. And then some, we have cross-resistance that are resistant to multiple uh, tools or herbicides. And this is what really is a game changer, right? Because now, instead of just rotating to a herbicide that we know is sensitive, we're getting less and less tools that are available to utilize. And that's why we really need to think outside the box uh, of, of whole system management. If I'm a farmer sitting there listening to this, I'm scratching my head saying, now how am I supposed to know that and which one to use? What What is the recommendation so that they're using the right one at the right time? 
Well, and that's exactly it. And so I think the first thing I would say to a farmer is get some help. You know, whether that's through your local county agent, your local co-op, or someone else to help you identify that. And I would say whenever you're using a tool, if you see plants that have seemed to escape management, note that, especially then get some help and try some other type of management. So what that means is if you spray glyphosate and you see one or two plants that survive, don't go back and spray glyphosate at a higher rate. Pick another tool that you think will have activity and get rid of those. And then seek help and advice on how you're managing your weeds so you can stop selecting for resistance. There's a few simple things to do. Tank mixing multiple modes of action is one method. Integrating other techniques such as cultivation, changing your crop rotation. There's a myriad of options. But the key is if you're getting uh, resistance evolving in your field, you need to change what you're doing. I think that's the key message. With alfalfa in the rotation and talking about pigweed, what are our tools to make sure we can raise alfalfa and not have the, these weeds come in and, and wipe it out? So we are seeing it in alfalfa fields, but we're fortunate because that the one key factor that we have with alfalfa, it's a really competitive perennial crop. And so if we take care of that alfalfa, plant it right, proper fertility, proper cutting frequency, a lot of times it's going to take care of those weed populations just by being super competitive. And it may show up later on in the season in smaller numbers because it's so competitive. But we believe that it's showing up in situations where that, that alfalfa is stressed from insect pressure, drought, or too much water, maybe the case of last year. So just be aware, time, um, take care of your alfalfa, timely harvest to prevent seed production. And if you start to see those populations building, there are some herbicides that you can use to control that. And those are some common recommendations that we want to look at. A lot of them tend to be our pre-emergent varieties that we can apply before those even emerge. And we just need to apply them at the right time to make sure that they last because uh, water hemp will germinate throughout July. And so the key is when to apply those, and that's the challenge. So we're looking at some of these cutting systems in Wisconsin, a four-cut system. For pigweed control, that's more recommended than, say, a three-cut. Yeah, I think, I think a four-cut system or a three-cut system can be effective. The key is, is to make sure that alfalfa is competitively growing and competing. And be aware if it gets stressed by drought or insect pressure, you're probably going to have to go in and do some management. And there are some tools, but those management techniques we use, particularly the herbicides, we need to make sure that those populations aren't resistant to those herbicides. So it's the same challenge with corn and soybeans. The big message I could say is alfalfa is a big uh, benefit, but you need to manage it, and when that stand starts to thin is when you need to get out of alfalfa and go into those other crops. So as a, a good, thick alfalfa stand will pretty much defend itself, again, with a proper cutting schedule. Right. Yeah, I would say like it'll give you 80 to 90% control. And then it's really up to you as a farmer. Is, are you happy with that? It probably isn't going to affect forage quantity or quality or milk production, but you might get some viable seeds in that 10% water hemp in there. And is that acceptable to you? Or not, and that what we found is is really on a farmer by farmer basis because it's going to cost extra money to get that extra ten to twenty percent control, and so you need to think as a farmer: is it worth that extra ten to twenty dollars an acre for that ten to twenty percent control? And unfortunately, we're finding it does overwinter in Wisconsin, even though it came up from places like Illinois and Missouri with milder winters, it can survive in our cold winters. Yeah, water hemp is very well at surviving in Palmer as well. It's still a little unclear how competitive Palmer is going to be up here. The jury's still out on that, but we should have that answer in the next year or two with some research that some of my colleagues are doing. So as far as the Palmer versus the pigweed, and it's spread through Wisconsin, 
one worse than the other that we're keeping an eye out and we're more unsure of? Well, we definitely have much more water hemp than Palmer. We only have about a dozen populations of present than of, of Palmer. But what we've seen learned from states to the south is that's much more competitive than even water hemp, which is more competitive than our other pigweed. So we're really concerned about Palmer, but unsure how it's going to behave in Wisconsin. We have about a dozen populations we know of. Water hemp, on the other hand, we have over 400 populations and is widespread and is already there. So worry about water hemp now and fear Palmer coming into your field. That would be the analogy I'd use. Those 12 populations in Wisconsin now, where are they? Uh, they're spread out in, a, in, in quite a range of areas, too. And so we have some maps, and I would encourage you to go to our website and, and pick up and look at where those maps are. They're centered in the southern part of the state, but we do have some up in the central part of the state. We do have one population that we did found clearly being imported through infested feed. So keep an eye on it, but we do have the ways to control it. And the one message I would say is there's a reason why cheap feed is cheap, because it probably has something in it you don't want, and Palmer is something you really don't want. Mark Renz with good advice with Palmer Amaranth and pigweed in Wisconsin, ways to control it. With Mark Renz, our state weed specialist at the Extension Service to the University, I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. No crack for you. Just say no to crack. The DRS Asphalt Formula adds better materials for flexibility of expansion and contraction. It's superior to other asphalt mixtures, so you can put your foot down and say no to crack. DRS Asphalt Paving, your local family paving company using long-lasting, superior ingredients that withstand Wisconsin's weather. Visit drspaving.com. DRS Paving and Asphalt. If you don't use DRS, it's your own asphalt. Agronomy, feed, propane, agri-finance, fuels, and more. Insight FS is your supplier of choice. Insight FS lubricants offer high-quality protection from diesel to industrial machinery. They blend it, they back it. Your equipment is only as reliable as what you put in it. Use Insight FS lubricants. From energy to agriculture, on the farm, at your business, or at home, make Insight FS your valued partner. Visit InsightFS.com for a location near you. We've just received word that Princeton Clubs have once again been voted Madison's Best Health Club. That's incredible. Thank you, Madison. And we want to celebrate all month long with free workouts at any of our eight Princeton Club locations. That's right. I invite you to check out why we've been voted Madison's Best year after year. Now is your chance to stop in and take a look around. Meet our friendly staff and see the variety of options that help make you successful as a member. And don't forget, our For a Better Tomorrow campaign is going on all year. For every new membership, we make a donation to a local organization that's working hard every day to impact our communities with a better tomorrow. This month's partner is Second Harvest Food Bank. The Princeton Clubs, world-class facilities, open 24 hours a day, free childcare, and hundreds of free classes every week. And we've been voted Best of Madison again. Come celebrate with a free workout, available all month long. Visit PrincetonClub.net for more details. Taking the bull by the horns and teaching it a thing or two. 
This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 on a Tuesday morning and time to check in on weather. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. And I'm happy to report that the Crystal Grand in Wisconsin Dells, that uh, good bunch of folks there, decided that they recognize how tough winter has been on our Wisconsin farm families. So they are partnering with me to give free tickets away to the Craig Morgan concert on uh, Friday, April 12th. Doors open at 7, show starts at 8. For farmers that take a picture with their cows, their beefers, their livestock, their farm equipment, all we want you to do is take a selfie to verify that you are indeed a farmer and upload it to fabulousfarmbabe.net. We'll get you some tickets for the Craig Morgan concert, Wisconsin Dells Crystal Grand Ballroom on Friday, April 12th. Kind of nice. You know, farmers don't get much of a break, Stu, from uh, the day-to-day chores, so it's kind of nice to be able to offer them that. It's kind of nice to get away and get a little bit of a break, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And by then we might actually see a pickup in the pace as far as field activity, hey? It might be getting a start. At least we'll be pretty close. How about that? Temperatures are going to try to be almost normal around here yet today and tomorrow, but there's precipitation. And all of us this morning are seeing that little mix of sprinkly rain, a few snowflakes here and there, especially in the central and further north of the state. Nothing too heavy. I see a heavy one at Fond du Lac at 12 hundredths of an inch. Hasn't quite hit Madison yet, but will shortly. A weak front's dropping through out of the northwest. Another follows tonight and could mean another chance of little precipitation. The next system will be stronger and stay to the south by Thursday. I'll have forecast details right after this. Local commercial knowledge with local experience. That's how Rural Mutual Insurance has been protecting businesses in Wisconsin since 1934. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local company that knows you and your needs? Rural Mutual is the number one writer of farms and the third largest writer of commercial business in the state of Wisconsin. We only do business in Wisconsin, so premiums paid here stay here. To keep Wisconsin Strong. Contact your local Rural Mutual insurance expert or visit us at RuralMutual.com to learn how you can protect what matters most. I'm guessing that most people can figure out that I'm a dog person, but really I'm a any animal person. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. But dogs have always had a part in my life from the farm to today. That's why I was really excited to hear about the cutting-edge research going on now at the School of Veterinary Medicine with Dr. David Vale. He's working on a canine cancer vaccine. Can you imagine not having to treat animals with cancer, but instead being able to prevent it? That's just one example of the cutting-edge research right here in our community. But listen, they need more space to move forward with this kind of research. And that's where you come in. It's not just about donating money. It's also about creating conversations in our state. You can write a letter, send an email, make a phone call to your elected officials, letting them know that the UW School of Veterinary Medicine is out of space and needs to expand. Want more details? Jump online. Animals Need Heroes 2, T-O-O.com. All righty, Stu, a quick look at that forecast, please. All right, well, that rain and a couple of snowflakes this morning should end still mostly cloudy with a little clearing later on. Low 50s for most of us, west winds at 5 to 10. Overnight, it builds back in the clouds and could be a little rain, maybe a few snowflakes late in the night. Light stuff less than a tenth of an inch, lower 30s overnight with the west winds 5 to 10. Sunshine early, but clouds redevelop Wednesday. Low 50s with southwest winds at 5 to 10. Then that stronger system to the south, mostly cloudy. Maybe a little rain or snow to start us 
us off into Thursday in the mid-40s, staying kind of wet then toward Friday, Pam. Could be a couple of tenths of an inch of rain in the south. Hmm. Yeah, I see there's rain out there this morning. Lacrosse. now you're cloudy and 36. Still some rain in Boston. You're at 36. Fond du Lac, light rain and 34. Oshkosh, you've got rain and 34. Madison just starting to get rain as well, currently sitting at 39 degrees. Again, if you want to go to the Craig Morgan concert on Friday, April 12th, post your selfie picture with your livestock or your farm equipment at fabulousfarmbabe.net. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. By land, sea, or air, Alaska is beautiful. And guess what? We'll see Alaska all three ways. I'm Pam Yankee. It is time. Make that call. Make that reservation. We've only got a few seats remaining for our Alaska Agriculture Adventure, August 20th through September 1st. Call 800-826-2266 for reservation details or online. Fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage. Alaska, August 20th through September 1st. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our communities secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life and in every corner of America, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. The Army National Guard reacts to domestic operations in each of America's 54 states and territories, including Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, and the District of Columbia. Each state National Guard's unique domestic role is to act as the first line of defense in support of civil authorities in their state. The Guard's emergency responses include service and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, I'm Dr. Regina Benjamin, U.S. Surgeon General. As a family doctor, I've seen the terrible impact of a premature birth. Losing a baby is one of the hardest things a family can go through. As Surgeon General, I see the toll that premature births have on our nation. It can cause lifelong disabilities. It is the leading cause of death in newborns. And our country has one of the highest rates of preterm birth in the world. We must do better. Hospitals need to ensure that babies are delivered early, only when medically necessary. We need research to find the causes of premature birth and research to find new ways to prevent it. Couples need to learn the risk of premature birth and what they can do 
to have a full-term baby, such as getting a preconception checkup. Remember, 40 weeks is a full-term pregnancy, and every week of pregnancy counts. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. It's been a long, tough winter on Wisconsin farm families, but the Crystal Grand in Wisconsin Dells wants to thank you for your hard work by giving you free tickets to country music artist Craig Morgan's concert on Friday evening, April 12th. But to win, you have to log on to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Take a selfie with your dairy cow, your farm equipment, and that will be your entry. One per person. Upload your pictures through Tuesday, April 9th to win. International Harvester. Hello? Hey, Mike, it's Amy. What's up? I'm heading to work at Kelly's Market. I'm going in early to meet Kim there. She's going to apply for a job. You must really like working there. You're even recruiting your friends now, huh? Well, she needs a job, and Kelly's Market needs good people. But it's a gas station, Mike. That's what I thought. But really, it's a nice modern store with sandwiches, groceries, and things people need, including gas. It's a fun place to work. Every day's different. The customers are great, and I'm always learning something new. Really? Really. Plus, Kelly's Market is growing, and there's opportunities for advancement and raises, 401k, and other benefits, too. You should think about working at Kelly's Market. We're always looking for part-time sales assistants. Associates and full-time assistant managers and managers too and they're great about working around class schedules wow would it be okay if i met you and kim at kelly's market so i could apply too sure or you can apply online at kw-oil.com employees even get bonus money for referring good people if you're hired i get a bonus and then i'll buy you lunch sounds great i'll log on right away thanks mike looking for a great job with good benefits and a solid future kelly's market and equal opportunity employers now hiring sales associates assistant managers and managers in training apply today must be 21 or older depending on location Badger Insider, RJ. Morning, Arch. Hey, guys. I'm sorry I missed you on Friday. <laughs> uh, let me ask you that we've been talking a lot about the Final Four, RJ, and, you know, this one and duns where, again, the one and duns are, are shut out. You know, there's no Duke, there's no Kentucky, there's no North Carolina. Uh, you know, we all lose our minds every year. We, we can't recruit, we can't compete with, you know, the, the Dukes and the North Carolinas, and Teams that are far more similar to Wisconsin, teams like Texas Tech, Auburn, Virginia, Michigan State are in the Final Four. What, what's your takeaway uh, on the, the the lack of success for the one and dones in March Madness? With the amount of preseason All Americans that that are freshmen who have never played basketball at the NCAA level, can we stop making them preseason All Americans? <laughs> but by the end of the season, the we know they're going to be All Americans. I get it. There's certain players like that. You know, nobody likes to lose, RJ. Maybe in some sense, you know, losing out on the recruits, it feels like a loss, right? When Tyler Hero decommits from Wisconsin and goes to Kentucky, we take it personal. And Jalen Johnson, if he's going to go to Duke, like a lot of people think, we're going to take it personally. But, I mean, what are you really losing? I mean, my only contention was, like, I guess if if it matters to you, because those guys are going to be NBA players. I mean, if it matters to you that you could say, well, this guy went to Wisconsin and he played in the NBA – but he's, they're all going to be there for a year, right? Yeah. They, it clearly doesn't help you winning at a high level. So what you know? What do you really lose on these type of players not coming to Wisconsin? In, in years past, you can look at it and say you've lost absolutely nothing. Uh, you had teams making Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, Final 4s with guys who were staying three or four years. And, I mean, yeah, sure, you were hurt when uh, J.P. Dakota went to North Carolina, but... I mean, all things considering, maybe that wasn't the best decision for him. But, I mean, that's that's hindsight. You're looking at it as, eh, you know, what what would have happened had he done this, had he not done this. The, the thing is, I mean, when you have talent in this state, 
that's considered to be top in the nation, even if Wisconsin was with Bo Ryan and people are like, nobody fits that system. You know what? There are people who fit that system, and that system works when you get those people in here. Yep. The, The thing we had this year is we couldn't run that system. It's impossible to run this. Your best player didn't fit the system. Your best player didn't develop. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, uh, maybe it's because he had those limitations and yet they were overlooked in the initial recruiting process. I don't know. See, that's that's so strange to me. I know it's a lot of longevity in it as well, but Ethan Hatt broke so many records and did things that no one has ever, like only three people have ever done in the history of the Big Ten. So when people say he. He didn't, you know, grow and he didn't evolve his game. Then how do you explain all the records he set? That's, right, that's exactly. That's the thing that boggles but, my mind. But then you look at it, and I mean, his turnovers went up every year. He, like, I don't understand why he handled the ball so much. I understand he yeah, was a point guard in high school for a year before he hit a growth spurt and had the ball handling skills that he learned growing up. But still, I don't understand why he ended up. Bringing the ball down the court so there was much. There's a couple I mean, games. I think even maybe in the was Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. Well, where, he had seven of the seventeen turnovers. Yeah, where it, a lot of the games we had a lot of the turnovers. You looked at him and it, it felt like he kind of took it into his own hands to be like, "All right, give me the ball. I'm the yeah. point guard. I'm the best player on this court. I'm going to show you why. Even though I'm not a point guard, I'm going to dribble the ball." I think it was him just kind of hijacking the offense yeah. and being like, "I'm going to run it through." And me. When, then when you had the rest of the team not making their shots, and what are you going to do? You're not going to sit them, right? I mean, we, I we did see it a couple times, a but bit. yeah, it, it it seems like there was a, a breakdown either because of personnel or because of the situation where he we have talked about it. He is your best player. It's a catch twenty two, uh, but it, it just this thing for Wisconsin. I think next year we'll see him get back to a little more of a swing or yep. a motion, whatever you want to call it. Or Reavers can shoot. Yeah. And, I mean, Micah Potter can shoot. I mean, we have big men who will be able to step away from the basket and hopefully contribute minutes both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I think we'll see a little uh, return to that. And, I mean, we saw it with Decker and Kamitsky. They allow that swing to open up and run breakaway stuff if they're capable of doing it. I mean, sometimes Wisconsin just doesn't have those guys. And you have to run the offense that works best for you. And guess what? It confuses a lot of people because you get guys out of position on their defensive side of the ball. And if they don't and they run a zone, it opens up shots on the outside as long as your guys are making them. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 535 now on a Tuesday morning. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com is joining us live via Skype before 6 o'clock. Let us know what he sees percolating in the marketplace. I'm kind of excited. We have our first planting progress report of 2019 for the state of Wisconsin. Now, granted, not a lot of happening out there to give us that report, but still, it's a sign of things to come. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Did you know on this day back in 1792, the U.S. dollar was introduced? Yep. The Mint Act of 1792 established the dollar as U.S. currency. Today, about two-thirds of the global trade is based on the U.S. dollar, starting back in 1792. In 1968, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Oddity received its first world premiere. You know what? They still talk about that film today, but it started with a premiere back in 1968. And now you know. 
All right, let's roll our way through some of the food news you're looking for on this Tuesday morning. I want to remind you quickly, we talk a lot about the School of Veterinary Medicine here in Wisconsin, how they are actively working, try to expand that facility. If you want to lay eyes on the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, your opportunity comes up this Sunday, April 7th, from 10 until 3. They've got their open house celebration. Bring the kids gives you a chance to see how tight they are for space and all of the 20-plus specialties that the vet school and the vet care clinic provide for the community as a whole across the state of Wisconsin. So, again, just want to toss that out there. Open house for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and the UW Veterinary Care Facility, 10 until 3 this Sunday. Speaking of spring, we've got our first spring planting progress report for the state of Wisconsin in just a moment. Another springtime activity, the annual Dairy Calf and Heifer Association Spring Business Conference and Trade Show coming back around Wisconsin April 9th through the 11th. Reba McClone's got details. The theme this year is Joining Forces, Reaching Higher. Explaining more about the conference is Tamalee Nenich, the Secretary-Treasurer for DCHA. What we're really hoping is that producers are going to be able to join together and come together with great networking opportunities. And we hope that through the conference, they're going to be able to retire to improve their operations, whether it's through management, nutrition, health, or welfare. The Dairy Calf and Heifer Association has the gold standard. And when we put together this conference, we're constantly keeping in mind those gold standards, the different toxinets and the different foods are going to have people and different management strategies and different products that can help people achieve the things that are outlined in the gold standard. Attendees will have the opportunity for industry experts to connect with producers and learn from those connections. The annual conference is our big event for the year and it's really a great opportunity for producers and industry experts and anyone interested in calves and heifers to get together so people can have an opportunity to meet each other, to learn about new products and hopefully also for producers that are in the industry to have a chance to meet other producers. So we hope that they get a great chance to network and meet each other. And then, of course, we have the conference itself, which will provide wonderful opportunities for people to learn more about a wide variety of topics from management to health and nutrition and even welfare. The conference allows for attendees to learn about topics that are important to them by having breakout sessions with numerous panels to choose from. We really do have a lot of lot of different topics that people would have a chance to learn about. One thing that I think producers often like to go to are some of the panels, and I think some some of the panels that we're really looking forward to this year is one we are going to have on the X's and O's of custom heifer raising on contract, economic, and customer relations, and we do have a, another panel session that's going to focus on what you can do to prepare yourself, one, to prevent disease outbreak, and then in case the worst would happen, you know, what are some steps you should be taking to kind of keep everything under control. One of the other panels we have is, we're calling it Thinking Outside the Bottle, Alternative Milk Sources for Calves. Tuesday, we'll start off with some industry industry tours that allow those in attendance to learn from industry leaders and see what is working for them. We're going to start the day on Tuesday morning by going to ABS Global, and that's going to give everyone a good opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more about the AI industry, and because um, most animals, dairy animals, are bred by AI, so kind of give people a little background on how that really happens, uh, how that collection and the processing is done. The next stop is going to be Crave Brothers Dairy Farm, and that's going to be a nice chance to get a hands-on opportunity to see the dairy farm. We're going to get to kind of focus on the calves and heifers and see how they're raised on their facility. But of course, we'll get to see the milking facility and the cattle barns and the manure facilities as well. Vendors will also be available during a trade show on site. In our trade show, there's going to be about 50 booths.
booze right now. And they're all going to be dairy, calf, and heifer focused and kind of a wide variety of different products and information. We're going to have vendors that are focused on nutrition, on pharmaceutical and health. We have ones that typically have housing and equipment specifically for calves and even things to help with management such as financial organizations. If you are interested in learning more on how to improve the calf and heifer part of your operation, consider attending the Dairy Calf and Heifer Annual Conference April 9th through the 11th in Madison. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, water hemp, ragweed, and mare's tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Well, here it is, the very first spring planting update for the state of Wisconsin. Now, as you imagine, there's not a lot that can be said as far as field work. They figured there was only about a day that was suitable for field work last week, and a lot of folks in the state still have snow-covered fields that they're looking at, so they think you're crazy thinking about field work. A lot of reporters in this week's report said that uh, alfalfa and winter wheat had not broken dormancy, so we don't know what the winter kill situation is. Uh, some of the winter wheat has started to green up. So far statewide, 32% of the reporters said their winter wheat crop was in good to excellent condition. No spring tillage done yet. Our maple syrup production is uh, underway. Reporters said that the sap run started a little later than usual this season, and they're a little concerned about the quality of the sap and the volume of the sap that they're getting from the trees this year. And obviously, if temperatures really start warming up quickly, that may abbreviate the season all too quickly for some. 52% of our topsoil moistures are considered adequate. 52% of our subsoil moistures are considered adequate, at least as far as this week's concerned. Markets in overnight electronic trade are holding firm. December new crop corns up a half right now at 389 and a quarter. November beans up three at 931 and a quarter. July new crop wheat, that's down a penny and three quarters right now at 466 and a quarter. Barrel cheese on Monday dropped. 
penny and a quarter down to 159. 40 pound block cheese down a half at 164. The double A butter also down a half at 225 a pound. Fluid milk for April up four, closed at 1565. May milk's unchanged after gaining a nickel yesterday at 1552. June milk is currently a penny stronger, 1573 a hundredweight. You know, I guess the good news is in Chicago, come July, our fluid milk contracts are at $16 a hundredweight or better. And that continues through the end of calendar year 2019. And now you know. All right, coming up in a moment, what don't we know that's happening in the marketplace today? Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joins us live via Skype next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Co-op, locally owned and operated for over 90 years. To be a member is to purchase from the Middleton Cooperative. This spring, they have expanded the rental selection. Visit the website at middletoncoop.com for a rental list and videos to help you with your landscape projects. They also carry fertilizer, mulch, edging, and bulk landscape materials. Pick it up or they deliver. Stop in to see Unilock pavers and wallstones. Pick up a catalog today and stop to check out the demo areas. Unilock, designed to connect. Middleton Farmers Co-op is an authorized Scott's Lawn Pro 4 Bag Program distributor, and the spreader use is free with purchase. They carry lacrosse forage and turf products. Get your Madison Parks or a variety of forage and seed products from your neighbors at the Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Middleton Farmers Cooperative carries lacrosse forage and turf plus grass seed, like Madison Parks, Shady Place, Survivor, Sunny Place, and more. Middleton Farmers Cooperative's Do It Best Center, powered locally. Become a neighbor today. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Botox is very safe. We've used it for many years. Botox is a purified protein. It's used to relax wrinkles in your face, such as on the forehead and crow's feet, lines around the eyes. These treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie are virtually pain free and are very simple and quick. They are more affordable than you would think, being a fraction of what a facelift might cost. But the result is very natural, softening of the lines and wrinkles. Most people tell me that their friends don't notice, that they just look rested and they look better. Visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Putting the cheese on the crackers. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. 547 now on a Tuesday morning in time to find out what's going on as far as the markets. We've managed to hang on to some strength in the corn and beans after rebounding from Friday's uh, planting progress report, shall I say, planting's perspective report. Bryce Snower, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype. So yesterday was the first official uh, spring planting update, shall we say, from the Ag Statistical Service for Wisconsin Bright. It really didn't tell us much. What did you garnish from the limited field reports we've got out there? Yeah, really, the progress so far is pretty slow, and it's really restricted to the uh, southern plains and down in the south. Uh, Nothing going on in the Midwest. Our soil temperatures are still uh, much too cold to do any planting, and you can't even get out in the field. Most places because things are too wet. 
So the main feature of this first crop progress report of the season was our first nationwide winter wheat ratings. We've gotten ratings over the winter from most of the key states, but this was the first look at the uh, uh, at all of the major winter wheat states. And it showed uh, 56% of the crop in good, excellent condition. That's a very strong early reading. Uh, although the ratings this week actually slipped a little bit in some of the states that have been re reporting o o over the winter. But overall, the crop in uh, good shape. And uh, so uh, there's no indication uh, that uh, the winter weather has uh, caused much problem there. Uh, but uh, these early ratings don't have a, a real strong correlation with what the final yields turn out to be. Uh, but at this point, they're about the, the only thing the market has to go on. We'll start taking a look at some of the vegetation health index maps uh, uh, now. Uh, they'll start to give us a, a few clues about that wheat crop as well. But in terms of corn and soybeans, uh, we're, we're definitely uh, just in the hurry up and wait mode. Yeah, I would guess. Now, the upside of the news we've been working with is China did come into the marketplace both Friday and again yesterday with apparently some sales. Were the numbers bigger than you expected, Bryce, or kind of right on par? Uh, we, overall, uh, we did about 60 million bushels, and that was right in line with what had been rumored in the trade. So uh, we got a bump from it, uh, perhaps a little bit, uh, but uh, overall, uh, the market not too terribly impressed. Uh, the export inspections, uh, China's been slow to ship out all the soybeans that it's been buying uh, since the uh, trade talks uh, started to go a little better in December. Uh, so they account for only 17% of our export inspections, whereas when you add the inspections and all the sales together, they have uh, 27%. So there's a, there's a lot of soybeans uh, that they bought that have not been shipped. And uh, some of those uh, sales uh, could eventually get rolled into, uh, into a new crop. Uh, they may not need all those soybeans uh, because they, are, they appear to be buying fewer soybeans than they have in the past uh, just overall. What's happening as far as some of those other numbers out there? We're, we're using some of them, but again, whether it's China and worries about how their hog populations being impacted or here at home, the ethanol industry got a setback because of those washed out rail tracks. Right. And uh, what, we, what we saw, we got some uh, corn usage for ethanol numbers for February out uh, yesterday afternoon. They showed uh, perhaps a little less than we expected and that's an indication uh, that the plants were still suffering uh, from very uh, poor margins in uh, February. Uh, some plants have closed and the plants that are still running uh, have had to push their efficiency uh, in order to uh, stay in business. So they're uh, making more fuel from, from each uh, bushel of corn that they buy. So overall, they're using a little less than anticipated uh, so uh, we still don't really have anything positive going from the ethanol uh, industry yet. We're starting to look at that uh, E15 window, and ethanol prices are competitive with uh, gasoline. Uh, so we should uh, see more blending. Uh, but again, that hasn't uh, kicked in yet, uh, despite a big rally in the energy market. Crude oil trading over $62 a barrel, uh, up a buck and a half yesterday, up another 50 cents today. 
Uh, so overall, uh, crude is getting more expensive. That means that diesel is going to continue to be expensive. Uh, the only cheap uh, component of the uh, energy market right now is propane. Uh, that's trading on the wholesale market uh, out in uh, Kansas, about 55 cents a gallon. Uh, that's a good place to be locking it in. So if, uh, if you need to be doing something, uh, I'd be uh, scouting out uh, to see if you can find some ethanol, get those tanks filled uh, you know you're going to need it for drying corn one way or the other. Propane, yeah, you bet. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with uh, the rest of the market. Brexit had been in the news. What are we at? Uh, a third different type of deadline we're looking at, and that's kind of been influencing our currency, has it not? Right, a lot of money flowing into the dollar, uh, both on the Brexit concerns, and we've had a nice uh, rally in the stock market as well. Uh, the U.S. economy uh, is growing a little slower than than expected, uh, but uh, still uh, looks better than any place else. So that strong dollar becoming a factor, and uh, particularly in the wheat market, uh, when the dollar goes up, wheat tends to adjust lower, so our wheat can stay competitive on world markets. Now, sometimes that can hurt other commodities. It's hurting gold, for example. Uh, gold uh, well off. It was trading above uh, oh almost thirteen twenty last week. It's down to uh, twelve eighty seven now. Not hurting crude oil, however, and that it can be very dollar sensitive. So we've got to watch that dollar and uh, watch what happens in uh, Brexit now. That's turning into a real mess. Uh, the, uh, the House of Commons can't agree on anything, and uh, at some point uh, they may have to either uh, hold a, a new referendum, hold a new election or uh, just leave, and uh, in a very messy way, and nobody knows what's going to happen over there. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, uh, it's not good if I was living there, but it's kind of entertaining at a distance, I have to admit. What else are you keeping an eye on then, Bryce, till we talk with you on Thursday? Well, we'll be watching the export market to, just to see if uh, the demand starts to come back. Uh, all of our markets are pretty competitive right now. Uh, corn, soybeans, and, and wheat, there, there's still a lot of stuff on the world that's competing for anybody who wants to buy it. So we're uh, watching to see how these exports play out. All right, my friend, sounds good. On that note, we'll let you go. Catch up with you again on Thursday to find out what else is developing. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joins us live via Skype every Tuesday and Thursday to let you know what's going on. And don't forget, uh, he will be updating his comments as more news rolls in about 7.30 a.m. Central Time at farmfutures.com. Now is the time for you to win free tickets to the Craig Morgan concert. That's Friday, April 12th, Crystal Brand, Crystal Grand Ballroom, Wisconsin Dells. Find details at fabulousfarmbabe.net and upload your selfies.